0: The Cardinals have one of their most complete games of the season, and which player on this roster might actually be underrated? Oh, I might catch some grief for this one today. This is Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Lockdown Cardinals, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow me on Twitter at JD Sports Radio, and follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. Want to thank those of you who make Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you're interacting with us. Hit the notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted. This is a show serving Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So the Cardinals won their fourth game in a row last night, and as good as that is, I know that a lot of us are uh, aren't aren't trying to get too excited, right? We're we're not trying to get too excited about it just yet. Feels good, obviously. The Cardinals Nation seems a, a, a bit guarded right now, considering that in May, we saw this team have a resurgence, and then they fell right back into the crapper not long after that. So I understand the hesitancy of some fans to um, to jump back on board, fearing that they'll get hurt again, that that getting their hopes up will ultimately end in pain and disappointment. It's completely understandable. I get it. I'm not getting overly excited about it just yet. But I, for one, do think that the team should definitely enjoy this win a little more than others, and I think you should, too, for a couple of different reasons. Number one, four wins in a row, no matter who the heck you're playing against, is something to be proud of, okay? I get it that it's the Washington Nationals. I understand that the New York Mets aren't who we thought the New York Mets were going to be this year, but this is the major leagues, and life isn't always easy in this league, as we've learned this season, and for a team that's you know, it's had a tough year like the Cardinals have. Winning four in a row should make everyone happy. You shouldn't be angry about this or like, no, nah, they're still not good. I hate them. Don't Just don't be like that, okay? Enjoy the win. It's okay. You can enjoy it. This isn't a situation where the Cardinals need to be looking at the standings or worrying about what other teams are doing right now. I understand that they're really, really far down in the division and in the National League still. We know that. They can't focus on what they can't control, which is what you know, like teams like the Reds are doing in the division right now, riding a ten-game winning streak going into uh, Wednesday. But the Cardinals just got to focus on themselves right now. You know, just, just worry about you. And as cliche as it sounds, you got to take one game at a time. They are, they are so far back that most people have written them off or forgotten about them altogether, and that's fine. That's fine. I, I would rather be the sneaky guy. Down here, just kind of creeping up. Uh, last week, I shared my thoughts on how disappointed and dumbfounded I am that a, a team that has this much talent on its roster to can continue to play such ugly baseball. And that's what it's been for the most part this year, just playing ugly baseball. Uh, baseball that we are just not used to seeing in St. Louis. But the last four days, we've seen a team that looks more and more like the product that we thought we were going to see coming into the season and I've enjoyed it. And I think you should enjoy it too. Now, sometimes it's fun to just kick the hell out of another team. This gets me to point number two. Now nine to three, isn't the biggest blowout the team has had this year. And at one point the nationals did cut the lead last night to two to one in the fourth inning, but, and I know you're going to get sick of this phrase. the, The Cardinals immediately punched back in the top of the fifth inning. You got Edmund and Goldie getting on base then they get over on the stolen bases, second and third. And Nolan Arenado does his job. No, he doesn't get a hit. No, he doesn't hit one into the gap. He doesn't want it, he doesn't hit one over the wall. But he does his job. And he hits a deep fly ball to left center field and gets that sack fly. And then Wilson Contreras, who don't look now, don't look now. Starting to heat up a little bit. Gets the two out RBI single to push it to four to one, and the Cardinals never look back. End up uh, taking the lead seven to one at one point in the eighth inning, and then the game was essentially over from there. Also, a reason to enjoy this game last night, it was a complete game, which we haven't seen a whole lot of this season from the Cardinals offensively. You had the clutch hitting, as I mentioned, Arenado with the sack fly, also doing the job in the seventh inning. Nolan Arenado went 0 for four last night, but he was as important to the scoring of the runs that the Cardinals did score as anybody involved because he was doing his job. He gets that sack fly. Seventh inning, he hits the ball to the right side to move Goldie over to third base. It's little things like that that weren't happening for this team most of the season. And that run eventually gets knocked in by Willie. You know, little things like that make all the difference. And speaking of Willie, as his first three-hit game, uh, three game as a Cardinal, hit a pair of doubles, drove in two. Uh, the dude has had a rough start to the year. We know that, but in the four wins, he's six for 16, hitting 375, three extra base hits, and four RBIs. And it has to be doing wonders for his confidence. And you're starting to see that in his attitude on the field. Jordan Walker extends his hitting streak to a career high 13 games. Brennan Donovan, three more hits last night, hitting streak of nine in a row, where he's hitting 390 over that stretch, has his overall batting average. Up to 274. And of course, uh, the power last night. The power on display. Dylan Carlson mashing two bombs over 400 feet. That first one going 445. The splits are there again. You know, he's a monster against left-handed pitching. Hitting 302 was OPS plus of 128 against the lefties. Versus righties, different story. He's batting 218, OPS plus of 91. So if you can... You know, I'm not saying he's got to hit just as good as he does against lefties as he should against righties, but if he could bump it up just a little bit more, that would be awfully nice now, wouldn't it? And Paul DeYoung continues to be productive. Smacks his 11th long fly of the year in the ninth for some some extra breathing room. And then you get Jordan Montgomery on the mound. Stellar start, seven innings, one run on four hits. He punches out six. Magnificent over his last five starts, 2-1 and one ERA at 2.10, 27 Ks and 30 innings. And just six walks, which, you know, just warms my heart because I hate walks. And he's gone six innings or more in each of his last three starts. So all of that happened last night. Just a complete game. And you got to be excited about it if, you, if you're a Cardinals fan. You got to love seeing that. I know I did. Now, coming up next, we're going to talk about a certain Cardinals everyday player who, in my opinion, is underrated right now. He's underrated. And I don't know if everybody's going to agree with me on this one. In fact, I know a lot of you are going to laugh and point your finger and go, what an idiot. But I I, I got a case to make for it. I'm going to talk about it next on Lockdown Cardinals. Now, buying tickets to your favorite sporting event or any event to be honest shouldn't be a stressful thing Uh, you know game time is there to make things fast and easy it is the fastest and easiest way to buy your tickets for all of your sporting events but also like i mentioned music comedy theater any of the things that you're interested in game time's got tickets for with great deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and how you're going to get your hands on them and start getting excited about the event that you're going to go to Forget about planning months in advance. Not necessary. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Exclusive flash deals on tickets for all your favorite sports. We're talking baseball, obviously, but football coming up. We're we're in the back part of June right now. You know, you've got preseason games that are coming up in August for the NFL. We've got basketball. Uh, concerts, hockey, blues, hockey. Going to start talking about that here soon. Uh, Comedy, theater, all of this stuff is, is coming your way. And Game Time's got the hookup. They also give you the Game Time guarantee, which means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section, in the same row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. They're sent directly to your phone. Don't have to go digging through your email to find them. Get the tickets you want without the stress with game time. Just download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on MLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code locked on MLB for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. The Cardinals are on the road uh, against the Nationals again this afternoon. This will be the uh, last game of this series before they uh, take a couple days off and head to London to take on the Cubs. And you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast this afternoon with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen every day. My everydayers know that... Cardinals fans, for the most part, have kind of been over the whole Paul DeYoung experience for a couple of years, and for good reason. You know, the production has been dreadful. The strikeouts, they just kept mounting. They're still there, to be honest with you. And it seemed as if all hope was lost that he'd never, ever be a productive member of this team again. That's kind of where we were at. And it wasn't Paul DeYoung the person that's the problem here, because everybody loves the guy. They love Paul DeYoung in the locker room, in the clubhouse. But for whatever reason, since the COVID year, he's just been a different hitter. And coming into the season, most people had had enough. And they, were, they wanted to wash their hands. Paul DeYoung, DFA him, get him out of here. you know. And I caught a lot of hell from people when I said that Paul DeYoung, no matter how you felt about him, he was going to be on this roster this year. And I thought he was going to make it out of spring training. People were saying, what a waste of a spot. He's terrible. They're just throwing money away. Trade him for a bag of balls and some broken bats, some fungo bats, whatever it may be, whatever the jokes that the people were writing me. And we'd heard about what he'd been doing in the offseason, where he worked on some things, adjusted some things with his uh, approach at the plate, his stance, and that In these workouts, he was looking more like the all-star that he was in 2019 when he hit 30 bombs and drove in almost 80 RBIs. But because of a back injury, we didn't really get to see much of it in spring training and it sidelined him to start the season. So, yes, I was wrong. (laughs) He did not make the roster out of spring training because of the injury. Uh, The offseason, the front office decided they didn't want to indulge into the free agent shortstop market when guys like Trey Turner Dansby Swanson, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, they were all available. Cardinals said no. They said no. They, the, the prices got a little too wild for them, understandably, when you see the money that some of these teams spent on them. And they, they decided against it. They were like, no, we we like what we've got. We've already got a Tommy Edmond, Brennan Donovan. Uh, you got Nolan Gorman to play second. And we've got Paul DeYoung still. And everybody's like, oh, boy, they're really going to rely on Paul DeYoung, aren't they? But looking at things right now, is Paul DeYoung, dare I say, underrated? Now stop laughing. Stop laughing. Let me state my case before you get all upset about this. Quietly, Paulie D is now riding a six-game hitting streak. Modest six-game hitting streak, right? Hitting two ninety over that time, and is actually hitting over three hundred in his last eight games, which is great. On the season, the batting average two thirty six, but your OPS plus. Is at 109. How did it get up there? Because he's got 11 home runs. Did another one last night. He's now tied for third most home runs among all shortstops in the league behind Bo Bichette, Francisco Lindor, and Bobby Witt Jr. Some pretty big names. Some pretty big names, right? And the kicker is he has done this in just 48 games. The others have played 75, 73, and 72 respectively. His OPS on the season right now, 770. Now, he's not qualified to be among the league leaders yet because of the amount of games and at bats he's played, but that 770 OPS would rank third among all shortstops in the league. His slugging, 465, that would be second among all shortstops in the entire league. His OBP, 305, eighth among all shortstops in the entire league. And I know the strikeouts are maddening at times. But when you have a power hitter, strikeouts are a part of it. It's just something you have to agree to. You're going to hit a lot of home runs, probably going to strike out a lot. It's just something that normally happens. The other thing that Paul DeYoung is doing is providing Solid play at shortstop. In fact, better than solid. He's got just one error on the season and 172 defensive chances. So the one failure in his game right now, never been a base stealer, so we're not talking about that, although he's got three stolen bases, is the strikeouts. That's really where his only thing where you're like, ugh, you get sick of them because of those. But with all things considered, everything else he's doing for you that's a positive you'll take the strikeouts, right? You hope that he can get better at that. But if that's going to be part of his game, then so be it. And because of the production that he's providing you, Tommy Edmonds has been able to play in center field, a spot where he might stay for the immediate future. He could be there the rest of the year. That's how much they trust what Paul young is doing at shortstop and how they feel about things that are going on at second base with Gorman and Donovan. So here's what I want to do and you're still probably like, whatever, Paul Young is not underrated. My goodness, what are you talking about? Well, let's look at what all the expensive guys who were available this offseason are doing so far this year. Carlos Correa is making the most. $33.3 million this season. Signed a six-year, $200 million deal with the Twins, and he's got the bum leg, whatever's going on there. Carlos Correa is hitting 219, nine home runs and 34 RBIs. Trey Turner, $27.2 million, signed an 11 year, $300 million contract with Philly, hitting 244, seven home runs, 22 RBIs, 12 stolen bases. And he's picked it up a little bit recently. He was really down for a while. Xander Bogarts, $25.4 million a season, signed 11 years, 280 million with the Padres, hitting 260, seven home runs, 24 RBIs, nine stolen bases, playing excellent shortstop. Very good defensively this year. Excuse me. Dansby Swanson, $14 million per year. Seven years, $177 million is what he signed for with the Cubbies. Hitting 263, seven home runs, 31 RBIs. And then you've got Paul DeYoung making $9 million, hitting 235, 11 home runs, 23 RBIs. Defensively, although he's not officially qualified yet, but he's almost there. He's got a 994 fielding percentage, which would be second in the National League among shortstops behind Geraldo Perdomo, who hasn't made an error yet for Arizona, but he's only had three more chances than Paul Dion. Bogarts is at 992. Swanson at 985. He was your gold glover last year. Uh, Turner at 972. He's got seven errors this year. And in the American League, Correa is at 985. Now, yes, those guys, not Perdomo, but the other guys, all have about a hundred more chances than De Young, right in that vicinity. But that's how steady he's been at shortstop. He's been really, really good. And I'm not saying he's better than these guys. At the end of the year, I don't know what's going to happen numbers-wise. Some of these guys might pick it up offensively. But if De Young stays the same and doesn't have a dramatic fall off, He's going to be right up there with them in all of the offensive production. But again, I'm not saying that he's better than all of these guys. I'm just pointing out that Paul DeYoung has not been a problem this year. In fact, he's been a bonus. He's been a bright spot on this team that you didn't really think you were going to get. Some pretty good bang for your buck. And I just thought it needed to be acknowledged. Now, you can agree or disagree with me. I would love to hear from you in the comments down below. Is Paul DeYoung. From what I just gave you, underrated. Think about it. Let me know down below. Can't wait to hear some of these replies. Uh, Speaking of replies, got some listener feedback from yesterday's show about my thoughts on trading Jack Flaherty. It appears not everyone likes this idea, and we'll discuss that next on Locked on Cardinals. The Cardinals are in Washington to face the Nationals again today as they go for the sweep. Got your brooms ready, Cardinal fans. Uh, Miles Michaelis on the bump against Trevor Williams, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. Uh, Yesterday, I brought up the scenario where the Cardinals would, and I think should, trade Jack Flaherty. Jordan Montgomery is somebody else we talked about, but it was more focused on Jack Flaherty because I kind of think the Cardinals want to bring Jordan Montgomery back. I don't know if they'll be able. I don't know if that's going to be something that happens. But as far as Jack Flaherty goes, I'm kind of on board with trading him. I am. And I got a lot of pushback on this idea. Now, granted, I got a lot of people who said, yes, move Jack Flaherty. But I enjoy the fact that we have some people who disagree with this idea. Uh, McBustaflow4653, great name, says, I believe trading Jack Flaherty right now would be an absolutely horrible decision. We probably wouldn't get much for him. He wouldn't add very much to a package deal, and I believe Jack's potential is far greater than the potential of the likely crappy player or players we could get in return. There's a chance Jack can become lights out great again. He has Cy Young Award potential. I think it would be foolish to let him go, trade him for scraps. Just my thoughts. Thank you for the comment. I appreciate you. Um, You mentioned Cy Young award potential. I mean, that's exactly why he would be worth something at the trade deadline to other teams. I mean, if you see Cy Young award potential in him, don't you think the other teams of Major League Baseball see that too? And I mentioned yesterday that that the Cincinnati Reds got a, a great haul for Tyler Malley last year. And if they can get what they got for Tyler Malley, why can't the Cardinals get a similar package in return for Flaherty? Same age, similar numbers. The only difference is Malley wasn't going to be a free agent at the end of the year. That's the only difference. Granted, different years, different markets, you know, things change from year to year. I get all that. But with Jack Flaherty's impending free agency, I don't want to be left with nothing if he decides he wants to go elsewhere or somebody decides they're going to give him a whole lot more money than the Cardinals are willing to offer. I just don't want to get stuck standing there going, didn't get nothing. Same with Jordan Montgomery. If the Cardinals don't get back into this thing, Jordan's not totally sure if he wants to come back. He seemed like he wanted to at the beginning of uh spring training, talked about it, how he was surprised. He didn't get even an offer from the Cardinals. If he decides that he wants to go elsewhere or somebody throws out a whole lot of money and the Cardinals can't match it, aren't you going to be a little bit bummed if you lose both Flaherty and Montgomery and get nothing in return for him? Dutchman1960 says, why would they want to trade Flaherty? He'd still fit in the rotation, just not at or near the top. To trade decent pitching for pitching wouldn't be proactive. Here's my thing for you, Dutchman, and thank you for uh, the comment. Do you trust Jack Flaherty? Okay? I got a few questions for you. Do you trust Jack Flaherty when he takes the mound each game? Do you believe that Jack Flaherty is going to give you a solid start and give you a chance to win every time he goes out on the mound? Do you believe his injuries are a thing of the past, that he's not going to have to deal with any of them anymore? Do you think that's all gone? Do you think he can sustain walking the amount of guys that he does each and every game? and still win ball games on a regular basis. The guy's been like a Houdini all year long, getting out of trouble. It's been wild. Do you believe he even wants to remain in St. Louis? Some people don't think so. I still have not heard or seen the report or the quote where Jack Flaherty said, I want to go to the West Coast. I've never seen that. People still talk about it in the comments. I still have never seen that. I would love to see a link to an article (laughs) or an interview where that took place because I don't recall that. But if given a similar contract offer from the Cardinals, say he's got to decide between the Cardinals and some other some other teams, similar contracts, do you believe he will choose to stay in St. Louis over a larger market team? Do you think Jack Flaherty is worth the money it's going to take to sign him in the offseason? Now, I don't know what the market will command, but he's going to be 28. So I'm assuming five years, Is probably what he's going to be asking for. And money wise, between 15 and 20 million per season, maybe even more. I mean, he's probably going to be seeking more. Will that be what he gets? I don't know. Um, Does he sign a shorter deal so he can get a higher annual amount? Maybe he goes shorter and goes like three years at 25 million. I don't know. I don't know what the market's going to be yet. He could, but considering Michaelis just got 20. From the, from the Cardinals per, at 34 years old. Carlos Rodon got almost 23 per, and he's a couple years older than Jack, has also had injury history. He's not right-handed like Jack is. He's a lefty, so, I mean, that probably helps him out a little bit, but I'm just not, I'm not entirely sure how the rest of Major League Baseball views Jack Flaherty's worth, you know? I, I'm a bit jaded, having watched him struggle to even stay on the field since 2020, so... I could be lowballing the guy for all I know. You know, somebody might see that Cy Young potential that our our guy was talking about and at 28 years old, you know, throw the bag at him and go, here, here's a ton of money. Come be with us. Now, if you answer yes to all of those questions, then sure. Go ahead, keep them, don't trade them. Believe in all of that. But if you have any doubt in any of those questions, then I believe that trading him. When his value is at its highest at the trade deadline, is the smart move. I mean, I've been on the I've been on this Jack Flaherty roller coaster for for a long time. You know, we've seen a lot of highs, we've seen a lot of lows, and we've seen a lot of meh in the middle too. And personally, I just I don't think I want to stay on this ride anymore. But that's just me. Let me know in the comments what you think about it. Uh thank you to all of you who reached out and, uh, you know, supply thoughts and comments on Twitter and YouTube. Thank you for making on Cardinals your first listen every day. You guys rock. Be sure to catch every pitch of the Cardinals' hometown broadcast today against the Nationals with the serious uh, with Sirius XM on the SXM map. Just search Cardinals. Again, Michaelis versus Trevor Williams. They go for the sweep, and then the guys have a couple days off, and they're headed to London to face the Cubs this weekend, so that ought to be a lot of fun to watch. If you haven't already, please give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at Radio. Like and subscribe on YouTube to give our channel and love for the Cardinals more room to grow. We'd appreciate that. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.